Beneficia Dei, encyclical of Pope Pius IX. God's blessings call us to celebrate his kindness as they manifest a new grace of his protection to us in the glory of his majesty. In fact, the 25th year is already drawing to a close since, by divine intervention, we assumed the office of this our apostolate, the troubled circumstances of which are so well known to you that it does not need a longer memory on our part. It is very evident, venerable brothers, for a series of so many events, that the church militant has followed its path amidst frequent struggles and victories. Truly God guides the development of things and dominates the world, which is his footstool. Indeed, he often uses weak and despicable tools to carry out with them the designs of his wisdom. Our Lord Jesus Christ, founder and supreme ruler of the Catholic Church, which he purchased with his own blood, with the help of the merits of the most blessed Peter, Prince of the Apostles, who always lives and presides in this Roman see, has deigned to support and support in this long period of our apostolic service, our weakness and littleness, with its grace and strength, for the greater glory of his name and for the benefit of his people. Thus we sustain by his divine help and constantly making use of the advice of our venerable brother cardinals of the Holy Roman Church, and several times also of yours, venerable brothers, who together were present with us here in Rome in large numbers, adorning this chair of the truth with the splendor of your virtue and unanimous piety. We have been able, during this pontificate, following our wishes and those of the whole Catholic world, Proclaim with dogmatic definition the Immaculate Conception of the Virgin Mother of God, and decree with celestial honors to many heroes of our religion, the help of which, and above all, the Divine Mother, we do not doubt which will be ready for the Catholic Church in such adverse times. It was also by virtue of divine strength and glory that we were able to bring the light of the true faith to distant and inhospitable regions by sending evangelical workers there. We were able to establish the order of the ecclesiastical hierarchy in many places and stamp with solemn condemnation the errors, especially strong at this time, contrary to reason, to good morals and to both Christian and civil society. Always with the help of God, we procured, as far as we could, that ecclesiastical and civil authority, both in Europe and in America, they were linked with a firm and solid bond of concord. We tried to provide for the multiple needs of the Eastern Church, which we always looked upon with paternal affection from the very beginning of our apostolic ministry. Recently, we were allowed to promote and initiate the Vatican Ecumenical Council, of which, however, due to the well-known events, we had to decree the suspension when the major fruits had been partly collected and partly awaited by the Church. Nor, venerable brothers, did we ever neglect to carry out, with the help of God, what the right and duty of our civil authority required. The congratulations and applause, as you recall, which welcomed the beginning of our pontificate, quickly turned into insults and assaults, so as to force us to flee from this our beloved city. But when the joint efforts of the Catholic peoples and the princes, we were returned to this pontifical see, we continually put all our strength and commitment to promote and ensure to our faithful subjects that solid and non-fallacious prosperity, which we always recognize as fundamental task of our civil principality. But then the greed of a mighty neighbor longed for the regions of our temporal power. Obstinately, he put the advice of the sects of perdition before our paternal and repeated admonitions and our appeals. Lately, as you know, having overcome by far the impudence of that prodigal son of whom we read in the gospel, he also stormed this city of ours, which, we wanted, which he wanted for himself, and now he holds it in his power, against all right, as a thing that belongs to him. It cannot happen, venerable brothers, that we are not very shaken by this so impious usurpation that we are undergoing. We are completely distressed by the enormous iniquity of a plan, which aims once our temporal power is destroyed, that our spiritual power and the kingdom of Christ on earth be destroyed by the same operation, if this could happen. 
We are distressed by the sight of so many grave evils, especially those who endanger the eternal salvation of our people. In this bitterness, the most painful thing for us is the not being able, because of our trampled freedom, to use the necessary remedies against so many evils. To cause to these causes of our affliction, venerable brothers, is also added that long and miserable series of calamities and evils which for so long struck and afflicted the most noble French nation, a series of evils which has increased immeasurably in these days due to the many unheard of excesses committed by a brutal and unbridled multitude. You understand well what feelings such actions must arouse in us, which have filled the whole world with fear and horror. Finally, venerable brothers, but now through so many vicissitudes with the protection of the most clement God, we see the anniversary day of our exaltation at the papal throne, in which, as we did in the Sea of Peter, although infinitely inferior to his merits, we are equal to him in the duration of the service apostolic. This is truly a new, singular, and great gift of divine goodness, granted by the will of God only to us, and such a long list of our most holy predecessors, for the long period of nineteen centuries. In this, too, we recognize a more admirable divine benevolence towards us, when we see that at this time we have been considered worthy of suffering for justice, and when we observe that wonderful affection of devotion and love which powerfully animates the Christian people all over the earth and pushes them with unanimous sentiment to this holy see. Since these gifts were bestowed upon us so undeservedly, we engage all our weak forces to express our thanks in due way. Therefore, while we ask the Immaculate Virgin Mother of God to teach us with her very spirit, to give glory to the Most High with these sublime words, the Almighty did great things in me, let me ask you, venerable brothers, to raise with us to God, together with the flocks entrusted to you, hymns and hymns of praise and thanksgiving. Magnify the Lord with me, we say the words of Leo the Great, and we exalt each other's name, so that all the graces and mercies we received return to the praise of the, their author. Then communicate to your peoples our ardent love and the most grateful sentiments of our soul for their beautiful testimonies of filial piety towards us and for the duties performed so long and with so much perseverance. In fact, as far as we are concerned, we can rightfully usurp the words of the king's poet. My living has been extended. With the help of your prayers, we now desire this. That is to achieve the strength and confidence to return our soul to the prince of shepherds, in whose bosom are the refreshment to the evils of this turbulent and troubled life and the blessed port of eternal tranquility and peace. So that it may return to the greater glory of God, what was added to the benefits of our pontificate through his benevolence, by opening the treasury of spiritual graces on this occasion, we give you, venerable brothers, the power, each in his own diocese, to impart the blessing. For in the meantime, venerable brothers, we ask Almighty God for constancy, heavenly hope, and every consolation, and of these things we want the apostolic blessing, which we impart with all our heart to you, to the clergy, to the auspice and testimony of our particular benevolence, and to the people entrusted to each of you. Given at Rome at St. Peter's on June 4th, the day sacred to the Most Holy Trinity in the year 1871, the 25th year of our pontificate, Pope Pius IX.